You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I'm dear friend Emily. I'm dear friend Christy. And I'm dearest friend Jess. And welcome to Dear Friend, a writing advice podcast for the musical minded. How are you guys doing today? Happy New Year, everyone. Yes, happy 2022. uh, 2022, yes. Um, It's a whole week into it and we haven't completely fucked it up yet, so. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's time for everything. (laughs) It's exactly right. Like last year at this time, we had an insurrection. So as long as we don't have like (laughs) full on chaos. Yeah, now we just have a plague, so. Just I mean, the plague. We had a plague last week. Yeah, last time. but when it's only the plague to deal with, it's just like yeah. a little bit more manageable. <laughs> <laughs> well, as they say on the internet, it's a new year, new me, and that goes for the Dear Friend podcast too. And we're changing things up because you know what? We're allowed to do that. We're allowed to be different. And from now on, we're basically going to have one writing question per episode. So. It doesn't make it any less special, but it makes it more special. Um, so this week, we have from Alexandria in Walla Walla, Washington, who writes in asking, Dear friends, with the new production of The Music Man hitting Broadway and people having a lot to say about it, is there a place for Golden Age musical revivals on Broadway nowadays, and where do they fit in our modern discourse? Of course well, there is. The good question. shows. The good course, shows I are mean, always going to be We're good. Not- we're not too far removed from Oklahoma, from the Oklahoma that fucks, so. Yeah, if we can still do, like, feasibly, like, plays by the ancient Greeks, then of course we can find a place for, and Shakespeare know. and yeah, Ibsen yeah. and. Of course, the good stuff stays good. And, um, yeah, the Oklahoma revival was a really, um, 
I think it's going to be kind of like a, I don't know, like a catalyst or a linchpin for people to stop treating these golden age shows as so precious. I mean, they are precious, but like taking what's good about them and then trying something new with them. Yeah. Again, like we do with Shakespeare all the time. Yeah, and I think, you know, part of that is, you know, we have to recognize that this, uh, the Golden Age musicals especially, were the popular entertainment at the time. So it was designed to fit to pop to the popular tastes and, you know, perspectives of the time. And yeah, a lot of those perspectives have changed quite a lot. So yeah, and there's some Golden Age musicals that I think lend themselves to being played with and adapted. And then there's mm -hmm. some shows like I would argue like The Music Man, which is like almost kind of perfect as is. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. You could do subtle stuff, but to me, like completely changing stuff about it, like they're kind of right. doing with this for seemingly no rhyme or reason, except we've got mm -hmm. celebrities and we're going to cater to the celebrities. Right. Ads, that's not a good enough reason. There's a lot I want to talk about um, with this. And I think because they framed it in the comparison of the Music Man revival, how about we start there? Um, what is going on with this new Music Man revival? It's been nothing but a myriad of controversies and issues from day one. Well, and the more you hear about it, the less interested most of us feel in it. Well, let's start with Scott Rudin. Yep. I mean, you know, that's a big problem is that he's, you know, one of the, the one of the driving pro uh, producing forces behind this. And he has... Yeah, he has issues. If you are in, if you've been following theater at all in the past couple of years, you know very well that this is, this is a pretty toxic guy, and so there is that baggage, and you know the added baggage that I think you know um, Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster, you know, had the chance to, you know, kind of speak out or say something on this, and they didn't because you know they've got this revival that they're doing, so there's that going on, and. Yeah. I, I feel like there are two camps because, and, and they're not pleasing anybody. Like there's right. the people who don't like the music man and there are just people who don't like the music man. And there are people who think it represents like a yeah. old style of musical theater. And that's, you know, that's neither here nor there, mm -hmm. but there are people who already like, I don't, I don't want to see the show. And then there's people like me who like love the music man and mm -hmm. every choice they make that I've seen, I haven't, obviously I haven't seen the show yet. Right, right. But every choice they keep putting out there, like, look at this! And they're promoting on their socials, like, can you believe this? Every time I see it, I go, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Why? Why were these choices made? Right. I, I just did, like, a huge rant on TikTok about this, but the thing that kind of drives me the most crazy is that apparently they're lowering all the keys for Sutton and throwing mm. him tap numbers for her. And to me, it's like, there are soprano celebrity Why don't we have Audra McDonald? Why don't we have Audra McDonald as Marion? Or Laura Benanti. Or, or Benanti. Kelly O'Hara. Or there's so many. Jesse Mueller. She just did yes. it with Norm Lewis a few years ago. Thank you. I, I'm like, why can't we just have a soprano do it, and why in God's name is button-up, mousy, Marion the librarian tap dancing and, I mean, like, marching with the band at the end like she's part of the band? I'm like, this. why are we just completely changing the character? Oh, because yeah. Sutton. Yeah, and, well, that's part of her arc is that she kind of comes out of her shell, like, you know, when she, when she dances with Hill and Shapoopy, that's kind of like a <sighs> That's a big moment, yeah. That is a big moment, but, yeah, that's not... 
That's not her character. She's not a song and dance character. She's very much that. She you needs know, to classic. go on an arc in the show. She has to be right. a foil to Harold Hill. Harold exactly. is the zippy fast power. Do, 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 do. He needs that element that she provides, just like mm-hmm. he does the same. That's why their big right. song, 76 Trombones and Goodnight My Someone, are the same song in different time signatures. Like right. they're meant to be like two sides of the same coin. Like they need uh-huh. each other. And then and it's like, great- why am I just watching? Couldn't Sutton just play Harold Hill? Because that seems yeah. more right to me. That seems more right to me. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that they've changed for no reason, um, Hugh Jackman, once again, they slowed down trouble, as our good friend uh, Tommy from Musical Mash pointed out, um, from 120 beats per minute to around 110 beats per minute. Yeah. What um, the hell is that BS? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And it's like, I, you know, I would have thought that, I would have thought Hugh Jackman could do it a tempo. I don't know what the heck they're doing there. I, he... The Greatest Showman was his Music Man audition. I remember Obviously, seeing that yes. movie and going, he's auditioning for Harold Hill right now. He wants to play Harold Hill so effing bad. Yes. And at the time, I remember being like, not a bad choice. Not a bad yeah, choice yeah. at exactly. all. Um, I could see it. He obviously has the Broadway cred, so he's one of those movie stars when he does a musical, you're kind of like, well, mm-hmm. I'll allow it. You started your career doing this. Right. It makes sense. Um, but, like, you got trouble... <laughs> It's, I, I do it faster. I've done it faster with high schoolers and middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Why is it, and why are they doing little choreography? Yeah, wh- yeah, why is, yeah, and it's not even fun choreography. It's the choreography that everybody does with the gospel hands. It's like, right. okay, I think that's what bothers me is that, you know, you're doing this, you're reviving this classic show, and it's like, okay, you know, I've seen this before. And you know what? Here's another thing now that I think about it. In The Music Man, the first people who start, like, dance dancing, it's like Footloose, mm-hmm. right? It's the teens. The teens are the ones right. who are the first ones who start doing it. The kids start marching with Harold Hill, then they're in the auditorium, and they mm-hmm. they start kind of dancing and getting excited. He's the one who leads them into dancing. And then you have Mary and the Librarian, where all the teens are, it, you know, it grows gradually through the show. Right. The first time you meet the Iowans, or the River Citiesians, they yes. are, like, standing stock still, singing, oh, there's nothing halfway... Yeah, Why would they all some... of a sudden be doing choreography in like the third number in the show when we've right. established these people don't like dancing um, and, and and Harold Hill uses dog whistle code words like ragtime to freak them out? Mm-hmm. Why would they be dancing? Yeah. It's just think, a it's just a yeah. directorial choice that I don't I don't like. I don't like it. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's another angle that they're, you know, they're not examining as much is that how, you know, this kind of hidebound um you know, provincial, you know, group of people are gradually broken out of that mindset. Because, um, you know, you in the first act, you have like the old biddies who are like, oh, Marion, she was in this relationship with old man with Miser Madison, and she reads dirty books. Mm -hmm. And then like, in the second half, they're like, we read all the books, and they're fantastic. There's like an arc. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and it's reflected in the music and in the choreography. And like, I to me, it's everything I hate about people who just kind of go, ah, it's an old musical, just do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's like, Meredith Wilson did not write the book, music, and score and go in-depth and mo- make everything completely motivated for you mm-hmm. to just throw this shit in because there's old people in the audience who are like, oh, we, I remember the shapoopy. Like, yes. <laughs> I, there's a context for everything like in these shows mm-hmm. and it drives me crazy and I just don't like any of the choices they've thrown out there yet. Harold, yeah. 
Hugh Jackman should be able to handle a faster you got trouble. Exactly. I mean, what the heck is going on? I don't know. What do you think, Jess? (laughs) I'll take another sip of wine. I want to transition (laughs) into things that I'm sure you guys don't know about, but I want your opinion on. Okay. Listening. Are we aware of the changes made to the book and lyrics in this new revival? I've heard something along the lines, but please refresh my memory. What did they do? Okay. First of all, um, they altered the lyrics to Shapoopy. Basically, rewrote the entire okay, song. Okay, yeah, with the I heard by this. Mark that was Shaman. that's stupid. That's dumb. Uh, uh-huh. Do you guys want to hear what some of the lyrics sound like? Oh, just for the sake of the audience, please. <laughs> all right. So the original lyrics were: the "Woman who kisses on a very first will... date is usually a hussy, and the woman and who a woman who kiss on the second time, time out is, is anything, anything but fussy." But fussy. Yeah, well, it's the woman girls... who kiss on the third time around, head in the clouds, head in the ground, clouds, feet, feet on, on the ground. She's, she's a girl. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. I, I, it's it's dumb, but like, yeah, it's right, about are, a girl. Are we it's ready? about a girl it's playing so, hard to get so and not putting out on the first date. Okay, so give me the new ones. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. Here's, here's the new intro. Well, a fellow who goes on its very first date is usually shy and fretful, and a fellow who tries for more than a kiss would end up something dreadful. And then it keeps going on for the next one. For that. Are you ready for the chorus? Yeah. Um, shapoopy, shapoopy, shapoopy. The boy who tries his best. Shapoopy, shapoopy, shapoopy. The past, the ladies test. Um, the boy okay. who's seen the light. To treat a woman right. The girl you can't forget, but you can win her yet. Those are the new... Wait, so a Shapoopy is a boy now? Yep. Apparently. A Shapoopy is like a fine gentleman caller? Yep. Uh, <laughs> a gentleman that asks consent. To, apparently we needed to take this fun song about flirting and courtship and just silly, the silly irreverent opening act number and make it relevant. Like, do we not realize that Meredith Wilson was writing this show in the 50s about a time that was nostalgic in the 50s. Right. It's like, it's supposed to be stupid. It sounds All like right. some, it sounds like a silly song that they would sing in the 1910s. Also, why I bother? Mean, like, why bother? It's not described, it's, why even bother? It's the Shapoopy. Oh, yes, I hate exactly. That. Oh, I hate it has that. exactly. I said this when I was reviewing um, the Matthew Broderick um, uh, remake, which you know. Did had they change lyrics? I haven't seen that. They one didn't in change a really the lyrics, but um, you know, it has exactly one job, and it's to be you know a fun song and dance number. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got more guys. Okay. Don't don't think that's it. Mm. So. They changed um, the Saturday Wiser Girls lyrics. Oh my god! Apparently, but that's oh the best song. That's yep, yep, yep. Ah! And they made it a full dance number. So they changed the lyrics so they can make it a proper dance number between um, Marcellus and Harold Hill. Okay, Saturday Wiser Girl actually has a great message. Yep. I mean, it's wrapped up in like this language, but he's saying, "I don't care if he's like, I want a girl with experience." Yeah, and it's, it's a great you know, song. Yeah, and the whole point is that, you know, Harold Hill is at this point where, you know, he thinks this is what he wants, but then he realizes what he wants is Marion. So it's not like it's not like Meredith Wilson was saying was writing this and saying, yep, relationship goals. He knew what he was doing. Harold Hill has an arc. They have an arc. He's, he goes from singing that to singing Till There Was You. Uh, uh. So okay, wait. Yeah. So what is what is he saying in Sadder but Wiser? So like, what are the I lyrics? I do not have any. Ex- I I think they might have had a little bit of the lyrics from. Have you guys ever heard the Seth MacFarlane cover? No. No. 
they add another verse into it. It's all right. It's an addition rather than a change, if that makes sense. And I think that might just be what they do, just to give more dancing breaks into it, um, and to kind of recontextualize I mean, it. I don't. Then. I don't mind. I think they kind of do. Wait, I'm th- I'm trying to think of the movie. They don't do a dance break. They do that little shuffle off. There's the like a little bit yeah. where like, Marcellus, do, 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 yeah, yeah. Marcellus kind of like does you know this silly you know forty yeah. girl walk. It's there's like I, a little sixteen bar, not even sixteen bars. It's like eight bars or something where they do yeah. something. They shuffle off to Buffalo at yeah. the end or something. But mm. but um, I I don't even really mind an extended dance break in it. It's more the idea of changing the lyrics because those yeah. are really good lyrics, man. They're mm-hmm. so clever and yeah. God damn, that bums right, me um, out. <laughs> for no do I sing- for no Diana do I play fawn. I love that line. For Hester so to win just one more A. Come for, on, exactly. Thank you. Um, so Sutton sings the altered version of My White, My White Knight, um, kind of similar to the one that Barbara Cook sang at Carnegie Hall, which was a little faster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which isn't bad. It's I guess just it is a thing. Yeah. I'm assuming, Are we ready well, to talk about the Wonton Yi girls? <laughs> oh, okay, now this is that. interesting. That's right. Yeah, this is interesting because, again, this is one of those things where obviously it was something they would do in the 1910s, but it's really hard to portray it now without people going, yikes. Plus, you I can, think, it's it's like two references. You can cut it and be Right, fine. yeah. I think something similar happened um, in the recent revival of Edwin Drood when they had mm-hmm. um, Jesse Mueller and uh, someone else playing the, Indi- the, um, the Indian, Indian, British Indian yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. I'm like... Well, yeah, in, you know, 19th, in like an early 20th century music hall, they would have white people in brown face. But, you know, without that context and without explaining, yeah, we shouldn't be doing this. People are just going to go, yikes. Yeah, you have to walk that line. Anyway, yeah. so what would they do, Jess? Anyway. I actually kind of like this. Um, instead, they are now dressed as revolutionary war soldiers. Oh. Um, and the the... They think that the explosion is initially like a false gunshot. It, it's that, makes it's that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. And that it's works. It's the 4th of July. It's the 4th of yeah. July. Everybody's like patriotic and crap. So, yeah. yeah. And, and better than Civil War soldiers yes. or something. <laughs> it's, and it's that whole Americana thing um, yeah. with the idolization of the revolution and the founding fathers. That really fits in with um, the whole mood of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the final thing, and this is a, just a me thing, they cut the overture except for like a minute of 76 trombones. No whistle at the beginning, just they play 76 trombones, then Rock Island! Aww. We need, that's just, I'm sorry. That's, but that's a, that's, that's a perfect musical to have an overture. It has a great overture. Yeah, I, yes, I mean, it there's... It's I, a show about a marching band. Why not show off your yeah. pit? Yeah. But <sighs> this drives the question that we're asking here. Golden Age musicals, it's either you don't change enough and then it doesn't work to modern audiences, or you change too much where the originalists like us are like, what? No, come on. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, I think it depends on the show. I think, like, for example, a show like Gypsy keeps getting revived Mm. every, like, Mm -hmm. 10 years or so, and you really don't need to change there's been yeah. nothing really different about any of those just Broadway revivals. Just change the title. That's the yeah, only the thing I want to change about yeah. that musical. I think but... they just, that's something that, that the 
I, I call think, it Mama Rose. Who no, cares? I know. I think it's. I think it's probably a situation where, like, what everyone who wrote it is dead. So probably estates are going to have to have a little right. conversation. Yeah, and, it, and part it might of it is. Yeah, and part of it is yes. Um, Rose, you know, Louise used that word in her stage name. So yeah. um, it's, it's a slur even in the going, context of the musical. We're going too. to have to. We're going to have to address that. But you know. Yeah, it's, it, it makes yeah. it really awkward. It's like, you know, and it, it's not exactly something we can drop from the canon. It is literally one of the greatest musicals of all time with, you know, one of the best mature female roles ever. So, yeah, Agreed. playing, playing. Um, and then, yeah, like the fact that it was written by, um, you know, Gypsy Rose Lee, like it, it, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's very tough. Mm-hmm. It's it's I'm not saying there there's an easy answer. And I think it's good that we're at this place right now where we can start having that conversation about yeah. that. Because even a couple of years ago, like this wasn't even a thing. But right. that aside, but they, you know, that's, changed- that's a that's a word change that you can change. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, the book, the show itself, you could just keep doing it the same and people right. kind of keep exactly. doing it the same. And we love it if you have a good there's Mama a timeless, Rose. Like, there's a timelessness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. On the other I, hand, I'd have on, to think about it. I guess yeah. the sound of music is one. You could sound yeah. of music could probably do forever. That's you I don't mean, need you to know, I mean it's kids running away from Nazis. How can you not cheer from that? Yeah. The, you, the problem with the Sound of Music show is that the movie is significantly better structurally. <laughs> like I the, that's the feeling I feel anytime I show anyone the Sound of Music stage show as opposed to them mm-hmm. who are used to the movie. They're like the movie just kind of works better. Yeah. And it's I mean one of those West rare Side ones. Story, the film of West Side Story, the 61 adaptation and obviously the new one um mm-hmm. are arguably better in my opinion than the better structured than the stage version. But yeah. with the Sound of Music again, you could still see it on stage and pretty much as is and it's mm-hmm. except other than like a few song movements and you know the beefing yeah. up of the Baroness and Max and no way to stop it. It's right. pretty much the same. Um, mm-hmm. You know some new added songs. Actually, I think sometimes sometimes don't they add the movie songs into the stage version? Yeah, something sometimes good they is do. basically yeah. in there. Um, yeah, yeah. But the lonely Goddard being in the place of of favorite things and favorite things being with the mother. Mother, Abbas. I don't like yeah. those. Those are big ones. I really yeah. just don't like. <laughs> Um, I'm sure there's more if I could. Yeah. I mean, the, okay, yeah. here's a question to be posed. What Golden Age musical do you think could have hit with a Broadway audience? And we're talking about that just because that's the network we're on. I know that they fit mm-hmm. much better in community theaters. But mm-hmm. which one do you think we could bring to Broadway and it be a success? And what changes would need to be done to those shows? It's a good question. I think I would like to see an Oklahoma-style subversion of carousel because carousel Uh, is what it's there there are major there are some major problems that could be easily fixed with some cuts and uh maybe taking a maybe oklahoma style 
minimalist version uh, style or just really mm-hmm. thinking out of the box with yeah. the production because that yeah. score is my favorite Rodgers and Hammerstein score. It's fantastic, but you know, eventually you get to the point in the book where the heroine says, you know, if a someone who hits you, if someone who loves you hits you it doesn't hurt and yeah. it's like, okay, we have to deal with this. Yeah, and so what? that the, how do you deal with it because even the latest revival kind of just like they just cut that line and that was their only change yeah and the thing is like Billy Bigelow isn't supposed to be a good guy so like how how much darker can we go with it like uh, the Uh 90s revival I remember seeing and I remember that I was like in high school I think and it blew Mm -hmm. my mind the Audra Mc no I was younger than high school because it was like 93 or something um but that one, I remember being like blown away by how dark it was. But I think that was because it was the first time I had really seen it on stage. Because mm-hmm. even the old movie version, uh, where are they? Not yeah, as dark. I've got not a, as I've, dark. And that's just Hollywood at the time. Yeah, like, that's just and I've got to I gotta be. say right now, the ending of Carousel has never completely sat right with me. I mean, Billy, you know, goes back to Earth. He sees his daughter. He keeps screwing up the way he screwed up all during his life. And, you know, then he, like, whispers a few nice ears, a few nice words in her ear at graduation, and suddenly everything's cool. I'm like, okay. Okay. I don't feel like that's an earned ending. I've got a pitch. I've got a pitch for you guys. All right. So here's my pitch for revising the ending of Carousel. There's a lot to do at the beginning Mm -hmm. to fix, but here's my pitch. Um, so he does the same thing. He messes up with his daughter again. And the star maker's like, well, I guess it's time to go to hell. He runs away to his daughter and in a, just a chance to just try to make amends with her. He says the thing and then he goes to hell, but he gets to see his daughter go off to a bigger and better world. And that's okay enough with him. I think just the fact that he goes to heaven is really what bothers most people. So if we make it very think, clear, he's going to hell, you know, but he's... if I. Even if, you know, the idea is, you know, he hasn't earned heaven yet, but he's made a start. I think I could live with that. Yeah, I, I'd like to see, yeah, you, I, I'd like to see that stuff cut. Um, as, I want them to do what they did with Oklahoma, which is lean into the ambiguity of it all a little bit right. more. So that every audience member can interpret it the same way. I would actually, mm-hmm. I actually don't want a definition of what this afterlife is. Um, I right. think it would be cool to make everyone in the afterlife a little more ethereal and ambiguous and what happens it's not so much about him going to heaven at the end as it is maybe about her um having i don't know feeling a little bit better um feeling like she can move having closure or something um yeah you know as someone you know my dad wasn't billy bigelow levels of shitty but you know i had a very I have a very complicated relationship with my dad and he's dead. And there are times where I wish I, there are times I wish I could have told him off. And then there's times in my life where I'm like, I wish he was here. I think, Mm -hmm. I I think um, when it comes to relationships like that, being like, you're the bad guy. It's like how everyone's doing this with Abuela and Encanto right now. And it drives me freaking crazy. It's like, no, like this is like, we're humans. I think what Mm -hmm. makes it more fascinating is the human ambiguity. It's not like her being like, I miss my shitty dad. I wish he was here. It becomes more about, about her for whether she doesn't know he's there talking in her mm-hmm. ear it's right. her being at her graduation and maybe feeling a little bit better and the powerful moment for me comes from when like she like i don't know like she grabs a classmate's hand like that mm-hmm. stuff is the stuff that sticks with me rather than billy walking up in the clouds so i think that yeah. would be interesting to push mm-hmm. that much out and pushing yes. into like why is this girl like there's reasons why this girl is so messed up right now that's mm-hmm. like the interesting stuff to me and right. i don't think we need to change the fact that billy's a shitty person or that Julie was 
kind of in, in an abusive relationship. I think that's she was that in an abusive relationship. Let's go a spade. And I think that those would be really interesting to explore if just the uh, the tone is different. You know, like in the Oklahoma mm-hmm. revival, they didn't change a single word of that like courtroom yeah. and the living room scene. All they did was change the direction, and it completely changed the tone of the moment. It went from like, mm-hmm. "Come on, you guys, it was an accident. Come on, we got to do this. They just got married." To them all being like, "You saw it. He fell on his own knife. I mean, it happened. Like, come on, we got to." It became this thing where the whole town mm-hmm. is conspiring about it. Didn't yeah. change a word, and I think. That's where you could go with it because yeah, it's such a good book. A lot of I, those lines you can take a different way by I direction. Think you, yeah, I think, you know, you could, for example, you could play What's the Use of Wondering very dark. Yup. Because, yep, you know, yep. you, that's a song that says, you know, it's this guy sucks, song. but you're stuck with him. It's sad. It, it's it, very sad. It becomes sad. about a domestic abuse cycle, mm-hmm. and all you have to do is just go in the direction and right. maybe do something in how you orchestrate it. I think that would be really fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if every change would work, just like with the Oklahoma revival, but I would like to see someone make the attempt. Mm-hmm. Cut the Clambake song. All right, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the vittles we eat. But don't cut Juno's busnet all over. Oh no! no. We, we gotta have the we gotta have the animals having sex. <laughs> oh, I love June. June, June, um, Joan. I, I think this is a wonderful discussion where we talked about a lot of things. And I don't ever want to lose the DNA of what Dear Friends is, so I want us all to recommend one of our favorite Golden Age musical song to wrap Ooh. this all up. Ooh, good question. All right, I can go first, because this has always been my favorite, and it's the one I come back to. Um, I'm going to actually recommend two, because I, I see them as a hand-in-hand. Hand. Um, the Carousel Waltz is, like, the best overture <sighs> of all time. Oh, my so goodness. Good. And literally, I can turn that on and listen to the whole thing, and it just makes my day better. Yeah. Um, anytime If I Love You is performed, not like the truncated, like, ah, oh, just the melody. I need the whole 10-minute scene. Sequence. Yeah. <laughs> if, well, if you're not yes. doing the full 10-minute scene, what's the point of putting on this show? Right. So good. So those are my two. Uh, if I Loved You, the full scene, and the Carousel Waltz, because Carousel mm-hmm. is simultaneously the best and worst Golden Age musical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Christy, what about you? Okay, I am going to go with uh, Lonely Room from Oklahoma. It is one of the greatest villain songs of all time, and I think it taps into that ambiguity and complexity that we've been talking about. Because, yeah, Judd is not a nice person. He stalks and sexually assaults Lori. <laughs> At the same time, you know, he's getting a lot of, sh- a lot of shit, receiving a- on the receiving end of a lot of shit, and that's messed him up. And I think this really taps into, you know, what motivates him and it really fleshes the character out. <laughs> All right. That's a gr- I love Lonely Room. It's so good. So All good. right, Emily, top us off. Uh, let's see. Well, I'm going to go with, since we start with the music man, um, I'm going to go with a little You Got Trouble. Mm. But um, I'm going to recommend you listen to Robert Preston and Robert Preston only. Maybe Mandy Patinkin, because I saw Mandy Patinkin do this, and of course it was amazing. I can see him rocking he's that. He's a crazy person, you know. Yes, so. but <laughs> caveat to mind, do not listen to Mandy Patinkin and Patty Lapone's If I Loved You, which is bad. <laughs> no. no. My friend used to call that show they did together. Remember they were doing concerts together? He used yes. to call it. He used to call it the Battle for Downstage Center. <laughs> I can't think of the two of them working together without calling it the battle for downstage center. <laughs> oh, I love them. You know what? On that note, anything else we have left to say? Um, you guys want to promote your wonderful work, Christy, Emily? 
I'm at Musical Hell on YouTube, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook. I've got a Patreon and a Redbubble with merch, so check me out. Yeah. Emily? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Stealing Focus on YouTube, um, musical theater history stuff. And uh, I'm uh, Emily A.B. Clark. It looks like Emily A.B.C. Lark on mm-hmm. all the socials you can find. And I, I host a show called Musicals with Cheese on top of this. It's also on this network. You can find it. All right. <laughs> um, we'll see you guys next time on Dear Friends. Bye. Bye. Dear friends, spill your woes to your musical family. Dear friends, they will take your questions and turn them into nuggets of wisdom. And anecdotes in an otherwise cynical world. Dear friends. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.